Hey, welcome back to the Photo Banter Podcast. I'm your host, Alex Gagne. On today's episode, this is actually a conversation I had with Rick Stovall, who's the host of the podcast, The Visual Revolutionary, which is another photography-based podcast. Uh, Rick interviews photographers, filmmakers, different creatives. Um, he's been doing it for years. Really great podcast. Definitely worth checking out. Um, we, we've been doing the last couple of years. We kind of do an end-of-the-year um, podcast. We meant to do it before the holidays, but... Yeah, it's this kind of conversation. We kind of catch up, talk photography, um, what we've been up to, talk about the podcast and whatnot. But uh, yeah, definitely go check out Rick's uh, podcast, The Visual Revolutionary. Um, I'll put the links in the description and tag him and everything. You can check him out on Instagram. Um, but hope you guys enjoy this one. And thanks so much. Alex Gagne is back. <laughs> yeah, I'm calling it. I'm in. calling it visual banter. Alex Gagne oh, from the yeah. the photo banner <laughs> podcast, the only yeah, other photography podcast I listen to. We gotta get a Iberian X on here one no, time. No, not doing it, dude. I'm not doing it until he invites either one of us on his show. <laughs> no, no, no. I love Iberian X, man. He's the OG, dude. He's the, it's incredible what that guy's done. Like, I'm like, just teasing. I've had a Iberian X on the show. I yeah. thought you had him on too at some point. I have. Oh, okay. I'm mad respect. I, yeah. I love that guy's podcast. I He's got a buttery voice, you know, candid frame, candid frame, candid frame. Everybody will shout it out. There's a million uh, podcasts. uh, Well, in podcasts in general, but even photo ones every week. I'm like, oh, there's another one. (laughs) Yeah, we were talking about I went back to kind of remind myself what we talked about. It's been a year. Last Mm -hmm. time we talked to was last January. This has been a little over a year. We did a little check in last year for Mm -hmm. the for the new Mm -hmm. year. And I brought that up even in the conversation. I was like, dude, I don't know if you know how many photography podcasts there are, but uh, turns out quite a few. There's like some cool ones I've seen that pop up, but yeah, there's a lot of them that people tap out after like 10 episodes. Yeah. They realize it's work, man. Like even me, like last year, I didn't do as many last year. And then the last like few months, I got excited again. And I've been doing a lot more, which has been fun. But like even you, because you, you're good. You you'll take a you took a break for a little while this year. Like, yeah. yeah, yeah. It was a, a pretty long longest break I've ever taken. And you know, part of me was like, "Am I coming back?" And then I had an opportunity to interview a couple of pretty big names, and I thought, "Yeah, let's let's keep doing it." And I got some, and like I got some great messages while I was gone of people being like. Are you okay? Is everything? Do- yeah, you know. And I was like, ah, oh, man, how how nice. Yeah, no, it's like I was talking to my friend about it. Like, uh, you can't force anything, really. Like, and it, you can't be on all the time because even if you think about like a TV show, like they take a break, they yeah. film, they release it, and then like the cast goes away, and then they come back in like six months or whatever, and then they do the next season. You know? Yeah. Well, I've jokingly said because if you look at like the way the podcast list on especially Apple podcast, it says season five. And cause that's how many times I've fucked up and, <laughs> and taking yeah, breaks. Never, and then I've been like, Hey, all new season. Whatever. <laughs> yeah. People don't even remember. It no, like, they, don't oh, cool. <laughs> they don't care. I think you lose, unfortunately, like you lose some people along the way, but the, the people that are, are really with you stick around and then you pick up some new ones and, but there is a, a bit of a rebuilding process. I think every time you take an extended break, but I, I saw that you've been, you've been back at it, cranking them out. Yeah. It's been fun. I feel like once you like do a couple of things, you're like, Oh, it sparked again. And like another opportunity comes to like, all right, yeah, let's go. Yeah. I love <laughs> and, it. Uh, and it keeps, at least for me, like it, I mean, we're both freelance guys. So when you don't have a shoot or something like it, this keeps me like busy 
And like, so I'm not the person I can't just like sit around or else I'll just get like, I'll just get depressed, dude. So I need to like have something to work on. So it's always cool having this project, you know? Yeah. I was just, you know, I had Kristan Felber on who you, you're the one that introduced me to his work. Thank you, by the way. It was really enjoyed the conversation with that guy. Yeah. Um, but I was telling him, man, like for me, this podcast is like, I, there's nowhere else really in life where we put our phones aside mm-hmm. and just like lock in and have an hour and a half conversation, you know, like it. So I, for me, man, I, like I like talking and I'm genuinely interested in people and like it feeds me creatively, obviously, because I'm having a lot of creative guests on, but it also just it feeds like this social need I have. I think we all have to like truly interact with someone you know yeah and it's like it, you're make it's fun like making something like i don't know a podcast probably isn't i mean i guess it's creative in a sense but it's not like you're making a piece of art but i don't know what is art uh yeah. but it, 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 it's fun making something like even this like recording it uploading uh recording i hate i don't know about you but i hate recording the intros dude i'm so bad at it like just like it's it, it, i yeah. struggle even though it's like a minute intro like you're good at talking with those things but like just like editing it. And then once you export it and it's just like a sense of like satisfaction, like, all right, like I accomplished something. Yeah. You know, put it out there in the world and you know, and having the, obviously we've been doing it for a while. So like the, the bravery part disappears quickly, but I mean, that's the biggest, like I just had, I just released an episode with this guy, Scott Ballou. I'm such a fan of his. He is the head of content at Yeti. So he heads up all those Yeti shorts films. He's a director, he's a musician. Um, but he's just really like put himself out there in a lot of different creative facets. And he made some comment towards the end of just like, you got to be totally cool with just making a fool of yourself. Like that is Mm -hmm. okay. Like just put it out there and like, who cares what people think of it? If anyone likes it, like we all, obviously we all want the validation of people loving it, but like, if they don't, man, you took a way bigger step than the vast majority of the rest of the world, you know, because they all have great ideas and and maybe they even do them. But then they get so worried about what other people think that they won't share it with anyone. Oh, yeah, definitely, man. Like, I think for me, the older I get, I don't know about you, I feel like less and less you care about like what people think. And it's none of that. Because at the end of the day, like there's like four people's opinion. I actually give a shit about it. It's like my family. <laughs> yeah. And maybe a couple friends. And other than that, I'm like, all right, whatever. Like, I don't care. Like, I'll, I'll listen to it, but it's like, yeah, just do what um, what you enjoy, put it out there. Because even for me, like when I started this podcast back in the day, I was like, oh, man, is that going to be corny? Am I, I going to be perceived as like this, like, weird, like, internet dude? Because it's like you and me are both like serious photographers, and that's the thing we do. Times have changed. I think people have come around to understand, like, whatever you want to call it, content and shit. It's just a different game now. Yeah. Well, and you look, you made some comment the last time we talked where we were talking about personal work in general. And you said, you know, people want to get an idea of of who you are and mm-hmm. no better way than, <laughs> you know, like that's not why I do this. But like, there's no question no. that there's a lot of people out there that have an idea of who both of us are. I've had interactions. It's strange sometimes when you like meet someone that listens to the show a lot, but I'm meeting them for the first time. And as we're having conversations, they'll say things to me because they know like a a bunch of stuff about my life. Oh yeah. (laughs) And I'm like, Oh yeah. yeah. Oh yeah. That's right. You listen to the show. And uh, yeah, it never, uh, it's always a a little shocking, but I think like you said, it it helps people including clients and stuff because I have worked with a couple of people that, that listen to this podcast. And um, 
I think it, they like knowing a little bit about you and, and feeling like they know a bit of your background and the way you interact with people and your interests. For sure. Just like putting yourself out there. So I guess last year, because you said you got to interview some big names, what were, what were some of your favorite interviews you did the last year or so? I mean, honestly, man, the, the last couple, the last, like, since I've been back from, you know, an unplanned hiatus, cause like I said, I took like months off there. Um, yeah. most of the summer I was really busy, but since I've been back for what I'm calling season five, <laughs> uh, I've just, it's just been a really good kind of organic flow. Like I've been getting the bios in here and there, but skipping them a lot. Like Kristan uh, and I, we didn't never got around to telling his story because we were just kind of really involved yeah. in talking about other stuff but i will say and obviously it's fresh like i literally just had the conversation i just edited it i was up late actually last night trying to get a making sure i got an episode out you know i've been trying to release yeah. them on thursdays now mm -hmm. but the scott blue one i was really i really enjoyed it i really enjoy his story and like i said it's just someone you know like at age 37 after like being in the filmmaking world he just decided he wanted to be a songwriter. Like he, ne he didn't do that, you know? And yeah. now he's 40 and he has three albums out on La Honda records. And you're like, geez, he works, he works at Yeti too. Yeah. He's or, the head uh, of content. Yeah. And he, okay. he yeah, yeah. He's, he's an executive producer and a director and he wasn't really a musician, you know, like he would play a little guitar and stuff. There's a great yeah. film on him. I'll, I'll send it to you, but cause it's, it's worth watching. But, um, he was real good friends with the Malloy brothers, and he even worked w with Chris Malloy a bunch before going to Yeti at Farm League, uh, Chris's mm -hmm. production company. And all those guys played music, and he was hanging around with a lot of musicians, and he like he kind of wanted in, you know, every once in a while, but like you know, he barely played. He didn't really sing, yeah. and then just all of a sudden, he just decided like. I think I have something to say that I want to do this, and like, dude, it yeah. it's really impressive like how prolific of like, he's a really good songwriter. His lyrics are really good. And like I said, in three years, he's put out three albums and he's, and he's on a, a record company that, you know, represents Coulter wall and all these, you know, amazing country artists and stuff. And uh, yeah, it's, it's super cool, man. I'm so, like a very inspiring some, story. Some people just got like that. I have a few friends like that. Like no matter what they do, like, like I have a friend who's like amazing, like sponsored skateboarder. And then like, he got into like graphic design and then he can do, like whatever, like whatever he does, like puts his mind to, it, he's just like good at it. Which is like, I don't know if that's like an inherent thing people have, or they just are more focused or what. But like, it's some people just, it's like impressive to see how many things they can be talented at. Yeah, super cool. And then obviously, yeah. like I came back to to answer your question as well. Like I came back the first episode had Ethan Hawke on the show. And, oh yeah, uh, yeah, that was crazy. You know, like sorry, uh, I, I, I think I think you dropped something. I was just, just some names. <laughs> uh, I had to do it, man. You went, Rick went to Hollywood this year. I saw yeah. that and I was like, hell yeah, dude. Yeah. I love, I love Ethan Hawke, man. I do too. That's the thing. I like, I've like, obviously like I love him as an actor and so many of the movies, you know, training day. He's in the purge. I love the purge was crazy. Yeah. Um, so dude, just so many, you could go on and on and on. But mostly like, even like I was just saying with Scott Ballou, Ethan's like never been a I think what I always respected about him was like, he was never afraid to like put himself out there you know he released like poetry books and novels and did plays and a lot of stuff that could easily and i'm sure people did like who the fuck does this guy think he is you know and instead he's just like i don't know man it's a creative itch i need to scratch and i'm gonna do it and 
and put it out there. And so, yeah, it was really cool getting to talk to that guy. So that was, that like, was a big episode. I like the, inter- I like the interview because it's like, for me, like, I was like, oh, yeah, he's just like Hollywood. Cele-. Like, people think like, yeah, he's like a celebrity. Like, he is a celebrity. When I listen to the interview, I'm like, oh, you're just like a normal creative like us. And I yeah, was just like, you're totally. actually about the art. And I was just, that was, was kind of like really cool to hear the conversation. Yeah, he's a real artist for sure. And like, thinks like an artist. Including, you know, I loved what he said as far as like, you know, look, I've been an actor for a long time, but like, I'm, I'm new still as a director and, and, and having some of that doubt of his like abilities and everything as a director to hear someone at the top of the game like that, you know, still, still deal with a lot of that was great. And like, but like you said, just uh, a cool artist that, that thinks about the world creatively and. Yeah, mad respect for that dude. How about you? Yeah, any, the, any big guests? Uh, uh, I was looking at that. I pulled up my list. And I was trying to. Uh, you start to like you do so many. I don't know, but you start to forget like who you talked to in like the last year or whatever. Oh, I interviewed this kid, AJ Holmes. Uh-huh. Um, are you familiar with Negative Supply? No. It's like it's like these. He he he. Uh, he made this device where you can instead of scanning your film, you can photograph it. Uh-huh. And he's kind of he's built this like insane business. The kid's not even like thirty. And he's been doing it for like seven years now. And I went out to his like head new like uh, warehouse and where they manufacture everything out in uh, L.A. And it was just like impressive, man. Like he, he built this amazing product because there's definitely a need for that with like so many people shooting film again now. And he just built his business and he was just like very it was a, it was a great conversation, man. I, I left inspired. I was like, man, this kid this work hard built this successful business in like seven years and is just keep going. And I was just like, for a young kid, I just left. I was like, man, that's badass. Amazing. Yeah, man. Some of those young people I've had on the show, you're just like, wow, I'm lazy. You know, like I got to get my <laughs> shit together. Like I thought, I nah. thought I did pretty good, but here's this young kid just absolutely crushing with this, you know, hustler mentality. But even like mm-hmm. going to that conversation I said with Scott, we were, I was, you know, really complimenting him on all the stuff he does. And then we were talking about uh, Keith Malloy because they're friends and Keith was, was just back on the show as well. And he was like, listen, man, the difference between me and Keith, he was like, Keith has three children he goes home to mm-hmm. and he's got soccer practice and T-ball and a wife. And he's yeah. like, it's just me, dude. You know, like yeah. what, what else do I have to do besides make stuff? And so I was like, okay, fair enough. You make me feel, cause I also, you know, I've got teenage kids and a lot of stuff going on. And so it made me, made me feel a little better, but I still love, like, I just, I love those stories. Like you said, with this young kid that created this company, AJ Holmes, that's what you said his name was. Yeah, he runs this company, Negative Supplies. So, like, if anybody, um, I don't get paid to say this, but yeah, if you, if you shoot out. film and and want a cool way to, instead of having to use a scanner, you can just photograph your negatives, and it's, like, so easy, and they make some other products, and it's, it's pretty incredible. Yeah. Yeah, those are just, to me, man, that those are the added benefits of doing shows like ours is, like, you're just constantly inundated with inspiration. You know, it's, like, it's hard to to have all these conversations and hang up the phone and and then want to go sit on your couch. Cause like every time I, I end these calls, you know, I'm like, man, I like, I need to go do some stuff. <laughs> yeah. Know? Yeah. And there's just so many people like involved in the industry. Like my, my recent episode I put out last week was uh, Kelly Montez. She's the owner of apostrophe reps. She's I saw like that. A commercial, commercial agent. It was just like a great conversation. Cause it wasn't like her career path to becoming a rep. Like it wasn't really like, 
what she thought she was going to do. And then she built this like incredible business and just very like just a cool person. Like she, she was just very straightforward and kind of honest in the conversation. There wasn't too much like bullshit, like because I know people have opinions about reps and whatever, but like it was just great kind of hearing her perspective from the industry because it's uh, different. She's not a photographer for herself, but she kind of helps build up and find photographers work. Yeah. And it's a, a man like so cool that you had her on because those are important conversations for other people to hear. Cause like you said, sometimes people, and I've brought it up on the show, you know, but they don't really understand what it is they do. And like, man, you know, reps are beautiful. <laughs> if you got, oh, a, yes. if you got a great rep that like really believes in you as an artist, there's like no better, better thing, you know? Yeah. No, I left the conversation. I was like, Oh damn, man. Like maybe I will work with a rep one day. It's like, find someone that you like, connect with and you like got a mutual respect for and like because you know there's like photographers there's good photographers bad photographers good reps good bad reps whatever it's just finding people that are are dedicated to their craft or whatever their profession is you know yeah hey speaking of name dropping when i dropped ethan hawk's name that i'm dropping again uh <laughs> <laughs> what about Leica? you know you want to talk about name dropping how about, how about you uh, with the invites to to go yeah. to the headquarters how how cool is that man let's talk about that trip yeah it was fun it was back in october they do it's called the celebration of photography it's like this big kind of it's like a two or three day event out in wetzlar at the headquarters where they make like cameras and lenses and everything yeah and it was cool like we got the tour the the factory got to see how they make lenses the cameras and then they have like a big like award show and they give out some awards to like photographers so i think like first prize was like 60 grand and you got like an m11 with a lens um there's a couple other prizes and then they had like some speakers and it was cool mike Blayback was out there so yeah. we were just hanging out i was hanging out with him the whole time um but yeah it was an incredible experience it was, i was surprised i got the invite but yeah never been to germany and it was it was really cool to see this the process of like the cameras and the history like we got to go to the archive and see all the old cameras and like they even had like like draft drawings of like the original Leica and like just yeah. so much so much history of that company. And then I got to interview the the owner of Leica. Yeah, listen uh, to it. Yeah, Andreas Kaufman, who was like cool ass dude. Like I thought going into that, like I didn't know what to expect. Like really rich, like business dude owns freaking Leica, but he couldn't have been cooler. Just a really nice guy. Yeah, you did great. Yeah, I listened to it. It was good. And and like, how cool is Blayback, you know? He's been on the show multiple times. I love that dude. And uh, I talked to him about it, too. I was like, how fun was that? He, like, basically, like, flew there, flew back as quickly as he could. Cause he had yeah, he was stuff. only there for, like, not even, like, two days. He was in and out because he got there a day later than me. And then, yeah. But it was cool. We got, to, we, got, we got to walk around. They did, like, a tour of the downtown of Wetzlar one day. I mean, babe, lay back with us, walk around, looking, and we're like, looking at you, like, dude, how the fuck did we get here, dude? <laughs> yeah. Like, even he was tripping, like, and Blayback. I mean, I knew Mike Blayback. I met him like 20 years ago when he was he was still shooting for DC at that time. He was photographing my friend, uh, Ryan Glant, who's a pro skateboarder. And that's how I met Blayback back in the day. And it's just been cool to see, like, evolution in his career like he went from like shooting the most iconic skateboarders and now he's doing the thing with like huberman, huberman lab podcast which is like insane uh, like, yeah one of the top podcasts in the world and making really amazing portraits and stuff so 
Yeah, mad respect to Blayback. Yeah, and living that Huberman life. We talked all about it when he came on. He's all he's yeah. he's changed his life, man. He's ice ice bathing and working out and I kept roasting him. I was like, Yo, did you get your sunlight today and play back? Yeah, I think the reason he had to uh, was it was it Zuckerberg? They were interview it was some giant interview that yeah, it was, was, yeah, it was it was Zuckerberg, yeah. so he had to fly out the day after or whatever. Yeah. Yeah, he said it was really cool even doing you know, that you guys kind of did like uh like a street walk, you know, like shooting yeah. all everybody kind of shooting together, walking around. He was like, I don't I, I never do that around Oakland and stuff. You know, yeah, it, was, it was so it, cool. It was cool. It was, it was like me, Blayback, uh, Todd Heido, who's an incredible photographer. Yeah, I know he Todd. Like, yeah. He, he was with us. There's like then like a bunch of, of photographers from Mexico City, uh, Greta Rico, who I interviewed recently. Um, she was out there um yeah and that was like the coolest thing about that event like there was just people from all around the world like people from japan people from like europe people from like uh, like mexico it was it was wild just everyone just like mutual love of photography yeah. but they didn't give you like on the way out the door i take it no 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 i got a, i got a like a water bottle though i got some swag <laughs> <laughs> it goes nicely with your cannon or whatever they <laughs> yeah yeah do r5 baby <laughs> hey speaking of the r5 because i shoot uh i mean i shoot a lot of cameras but the r5 and r5c are two of my main cameras and uh i don't know how much you followed the reason I, i'm bringing them up is I am fairly interested in the uh, Apple Vision Pro. I think it's okay. really a weird world we're going into. But the reason I bring up the, the the reason the R5 made me think of it is, you know, Canon released that VR lens like years ago, and it seems so gimmicky. Like, come on, you know, like what's this double fisheye bullshit? You know, like oh yeah, 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 yeah. And now, you know, really, like I've kind of been down the rabbit hole of of looking at, you know, like what this thing can do and watching everybody use it and stuff. And you're like, oh man, you could create some really cool environments with that lens. So are you going to get the Apple Vision Well, the Pro? only, re I, it's really expensive is the thing, you know, yeah, 3,500 like bucks. Yeah. Four, really four. Yeah. The only thing that really, the, the first thing that got me into it was I was looking at new monitors cause I kind of need one, um, for, the office at my house, my studio one's pretty good. Although it could probably be replaced too. And monitors, as you know, like they're really expensive too, you know? Oh yeah. And I'm so kidding. what's really fascinating with the Apple vision pro is you can sync it to your Mac and you can put as many monitors as you want in front of you. And they are 4k monitors that you could edit on in spatial surroundings. Like you so, could literally, so the, you could look to your thing, right and have your emails. You could have a giant screen in front of you um, and you can still see like people walk into the room and everything. It's not like you're removed from your surroundings. That's the only, so, that was the biggest thing that I was like, oh, that's interesting. You could have basically a whole workstation no matter where you are. But like the thing I'm trying to think about, like if I'm using it, uh, to like edit photos like is it like am i putting the goggles on and then i have a wacom tablet in my lap or something to like no it syncs to, to your uh macbook pro that's what i'm saying like if you do the sync mode as soon as you open your computer your computer screen comes up into the goggles your computer screen actually goes black i was watching marcus brownlee do it and then you know you could have i your, get that but like if i'm if i'm trying to make like finite in photoshop like selection oh, yes am i like doing it with my fingers or no like, you can still, still use your keyboard and your wacko yeah, yeah, or your yeah. mouse or whatever yeah. you're using yeah yeah uh-huh yeah and I, th I mean i'm assuming your your quick keystrokes to like zoom in zoom out to make fine selections i assume all that because like i said yeah. 
to at least my understanding of it, I could be wrong, is that you're just looking at a live a live yeah. view of your Mac screen. And so, you know, it would be all the same command. And you can see your your hands through the goggles. So like you'd still look down and see your hands on the the Wacom or mouse or whatever you're using. I don't know, dude. Like I said, I, it literally it's just been the last couple of weeks where I'm like, oh, interesting. And then, you know, obviously as I started seeing all the kind of VR environments that they were creating, I was like, man, that Canon lens could actually do some cool shit now finally, you know? Yeah. It's been funny seeing all the, like, all the viral, like uh, people, people just walking around in, in public. There was like a dude at the, there was a dude, the dude knew what he was doing. He was at the, he was court side at the Celtics game the other night. And he's standing up with his goggles on. Like, the, I'm like, he knew like yes, there course. was someone going to record yes. him doing it. I was just, it was so funny. Yeah. I don't know. It'll be interesting to see where that technology goes. Like, why have you always been like a tech gadget guy? Like when the first iPhone came out, did you like get it right no, away? No, I mean, honestly, no. The thing is like, I'm somewhere in between. Like I'm really... You know, man, like I live in the mountains and stuff for a reason. Like I'm an outdoors person. I, I mean, obviously we have to keep up to date with all this stuff because it's part of our career. Like photography has become a technological pursuit, you yeah. know, like, but point being is like, I've always stayed up to date enough. I've always just been mm-hmm. interested where we're yep. headed. And I think that's why, you know, like everyone I was fascinated with when as AI has been popping up, like, what does this look like? What does it mean? Because I find it both terrifying all of it, including Apple Vision Pro, I find terrifying, you know, and also pretty fascinating because the thing about the, like the Vision Pro is one of the huge downsides for me is, is like, it's promoting even more seclusion, which is like causing huge, you know, mental health problems in this country. Like the last thing we need to do is like remove ourselves from more public interaction, you know, but at the same time, I see some of the stuff it does and I'm like, huh, interesting, Mm -hmm. you know, like that could... That could be cool. Like I said, if you could just sit down anywhere and your workstation's in front of you just because you've got goggles and a bag, that seems and a laptop, obviously, but um, that seems cool to me, you know? Yeah, you, you touch on a point that I've been thinking about a lot lately, and I was talking about it with my brother and some other people, is that I, I think people, like, I'm sure people realize, but like, if you think about the cell phone, smartphone, it's, it hasn't been around that long. Like yeah. it came out, the first iPhone came out when I graduated college in 2008. So not that long ago. Like most of the interaction you have with people nowadays is through text message, email. Yeah. And less like talking, like even and you, it creeps up on you. Like even my parents who are like almost 70, like my dad will text me a lot more than he used to. Of I'm course. Like, I'm like, it's cool, but I'm like, I don't want it. It, it feels robotic. Like yeah. me and my brother were talking about, I'm like, I have these friendships who like people I don't even like actually talk to. It's like, it's just through digital, like it just feels robotic and it, it sucks. And it's probably the main reason I kind of started one of these things. And I don't know, I'm the type of person I call my friends. Cause I, 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 yeah, I do too. I, I drive, I drive my friends crazy sometimes. Cause I just call them. <laughs> yeah. It's just a bummer. Cause I think it's just like with technology, it's great. But then I think you just have to really like, um, I don't know, pay attention to it, like how you're utilizing it. And that's, I've tried, been trying to think about it more because it's like it just slowly creeps up on you. And like you said, like people more and more just get disconnected. You're like connected, but disconnected yeah. at the same time. It's like, yeah, you have access to everyone, but not like at like a deeper level. You know, I completely agree. And that, like I said, that is my concern because it's causing a lot of real issues around the globe of disconnection. I think towards the beginning of this conversation, I talked about how uh, important this 
podcast is for me to like be able to have these long form conversations and we're doing it over zoom. I would much rather do it in person. Like if I could just travel around and talk to everybody I talk to in person, you know, yeah. like if, if budgets were no issue, <laughs> yeah. uh, I would totally do it that way and prefer it, you know, but I, I think the positive side is you open doors to be able to do stuff like what we're doing right now. And maybe in a different kind of space, the negative side is it, like you said, it's just not the same. I want to dab people up and give hugs and I, I like to be in people's uh, presence. And so, um, yeah, it's not the same for sure. Cause you, I mean, you have, you have kids, right? Yeah. How old? I've, uh, almost 19. He turns 19 here real soon. It's crazy. And, uh, 16. So, so, getting older. Oh, so they, they grew up, they grew like, up in with the it. cell phone era. Like, yeah. like what, what was that like? Like, did, like how old are they when they get cell phones? And like, I can't imagine like, even when in high school, like kids are like, kids are brutal, like in middle school, yeah. high school. And that was before social media. Like, I can't imagine like being a kid, like where, people can just like leave a nasty comment on your Facebook or people totally. are just gossiping about you online. Like or the like, biggest oh. thing I see is like, because they, they were a little behind it, you know, it's like they're old enough that yeah. especially social media and stuff, like they were, you know, and we didn't allow it for a while. You know, yeah. we let, we did at a pretty early age. Cause I was kind of under the impression, like, look, do you, you guys don't think this is going away, right? Like you might as well allow them to, interact yeah. with their friends however they do however i think the thing i see the most especially through high school they with snapchat they can mm -hmm. they all see where each other are on a map you know like they can yeah, see, see i never really use that app that much like, i don't either. I, I remember I, I downloaded it once and i was just like I, it, it was like so confusing to use i sound like so like a fucking old but like <laughs> uh -huh. i was just like could not figure out i was like i gave up <laughs> yeah well they all use it and i because i don't use it either but i watch them use it and like i said they can see where everybody is so you know at least like when we were young if you didn't get invited to a party, dude, like at least you didn't know about it until fucking Monday at school yeah, or whatever. But now they can look like at their shit. phone and be like, why are there 50 people at this house here? You know, and they're all my friends, yeah. like such yeah. a bummer, dude. And I just little things like that where I think, oh, dude, that would be crushing when I was that age like that. Yeah, I, you know. Yeah. I don't think that's healthy at all. Yeah, I can't imagine. Yeah, it's crazy. I've been trying to like, I use social media. I mean, I talk about shit all the time, but it's like, I use it to post my work and I try this not, I, I gave it you. I like having a conversation with people, but even it's like some stuff, like I just can't follow it. It's just like too much noise. Like even like the a photo editor guy who's like mad respect to Rob, like he's built an incredible platform and he's been the last year, he's been posting like, They'll post like what people made yeah. and all this stuff. And I understand like the information, but like I, for me, like I don't need to look at that because it, it's just like, oh, cool. Yeah. You made 400 grand last year. That's great. Like, like I don't, but what does that mean to me? Like, you know, it, and it, it can just make you people feel like shit. Mm -hmm. You're like, oh yeah. Like I'm like, well, I'm not doing that. Like, you know, so it's just like, I guess it's good. The information's out there, but for me, I was just like, ah, I don't want to engage with it. I just, it's yeah. not healthy. It's not healthy for me. I mean, for, so two things, I think, we do need to talk more about like what the industry standards and stuff are for rates because it helps everybody drive yeah. their rates up. However, I will agree. Like I like Rob, what Rob's doing, but at the same time, you could tell he got a big 
uptick in by doing the the rates thing i think it became very popular and it's he like basically just kind of gave up on he used to only post everybody's marketing materials and i love seeing that it was cool seeing like what people were their mailers were and everything and for me i just thought like we hey go like do both you know like i still want to see some photos and stuff you know and the thing i wonder is like where are these numbers coming from? Because people embellish what they make all the time. That's yeah. just like if you, human nature. Like people are like, and it's like, yeah, like you have like a great year, but like what the last 10 years been like, and like, yeah. where are these numbers, where are these com- numbers coming from? Is that net gross? What? Like, it's just very, to me, it's just kind of vague and like, I don't know. And, but you're right. Like it is good to have those conversations. I don't know. Maybe it's just like at this point in my career, like I've read so many of those blogs and PDN back in the day. And like, yeah. I have enough, I, know, I have enough information at the point where I'm at now. Like to me, it's just like, I don't know. It's just going to make me feel like shit. <laughs> like, yeah. I will say, something. cause I had a, uh, I had some back and forth with someone that was trying to, they were uh, acting fairly like flabbergasted on some numbers I was telling them. And yeah. all I did was take a screenshot of one of the things that Rob had posted that was an actual uh, bid with like the stuff yeah. scratched out. And I was like, just so you know, like here's an example of creative license usage that I'm way under. So like just to put it in perspective here, like, you know, don't. And by the way, I didn't work with this client, but uh, yeah. I was just kind of annoyed with, you know, the way they were treating the whole thing. And I was like, look, man, I'm. I'm way under what I could be, you know, like I'm above what you think I should be, but you know, so it, it at least like, you know, gave some, uh, validation of like the, the usage rates that I was saying, as far as like, this isn't, this isn't new, you know, like there's a lot higher numbers out there that some people get. And so I'm, I'm trying to like, you know, come in somewhere. And yeah. <laughs> and it's it. like, it, it, for sure. There, there are those like huge jobs out there. And like, I think a lot of it is like out of context. Like you look at like, Oh, this dude's making 120 grand on that job. But it's like, yeah, he's probably been in the business like 25 yes. years. And like he, he worked up to that point and it, it doesn't devalue the work you're doing just because you're oh, making no, of course. 500 or 1200 on these jobs. It's like, you're working like you're making money yeah. and it's like com- comparing it it's like you you can get if you bust your ass you yeah for sure and you make great work you can get to that point no doubt but yeah that's it just comes it's like the social media shit and it's comparing yourself to others and i'm just trying to like just focus on what i'm doing you know and make the daily progress that's going to help me build and not worry about so much not just complete put blinders up but like just it's like monitoring what you eat and like who you hang out with and like how it makes you feel it's like the same like your digital diet or whatever you want to call it, you know? Yeah. Oh, dude. I mean, I totally agree because I've talked about it on the show endlessly and because it like gratitude is a real practice of mine. And, um, I'm extremely grateful. You know, like I've been in this business for over 20 years now and, and haven't had, I haven't had another job in Mm -hmm. 20 years, you know? So that uh, the, the gratitude I have of being able to say that, like, do I make as much as a lot of photographers out there? No, but I make a lot more than some, you know? And so yeah. I just, I'm sure still at this point in your career, you have jobs where you're like, it's a good job. You're making like good money on that job that year. And you get a couple of those. And then there's, there's just jobs throughout the year that you're not making as much, but that's just like, I just look at it like getting on the scoreboard, man. Yeah. It's like building. It's like, I did a shoot yesterday for 400 bucks. It's like a quick little, like one hour editorial portrait and like, yeah, whatever. It's going to pay my groceries. And yeah. That's what I was going to say. Yeah. Food is not, food. It's not going to make my year, but like <laughs> yeah. you just steady, like 
I don't know, man. I'm just a grinder. <laughs> yeah, well, you got to be. I mean, you got to be. You know, I think yeah. those, I won't say those days are over, you know, because there's still some upper echelon people out there making crazy money that still exists oh, yeah. for sure. But, yeah. man, it's, it's fewer and far between and it gets fewer every year, you know, like yeah. I, I don't think it's going on. I'm not negative in the, in the sense of like the future of our industry. I think there's a great future in it, but mm -hmm. you know, people have realized not only can they get work for cheaper, they can mm -hmm. get good work a lot of times for cheap. You know, there's a lot of really talented young people that a thousand dollars is a ton of money for them. And it, look, I, yeah. I don't turn my nose up to a thousand dollars, but if you're 20, Man, that's like, I definitely would have jumped all in for a thousand bucks when I was 19 years old or something. And, yeah. and what on a shoot that maybe is worth 20, you know, but, the, yeah. but you don't know, you know, and that is my only thing of at least, I mean, I agree with what a lot of what you're saying with Rob, but at least like he's giving some kind of insight to some of these young people to be like, oh, holy shit, somebody charges fifty thousand dollars for this i just no i'm not I, i'm the wonderful machine where he shows like a full bid like i think yes. that's great but i think those are the, the ones thing, i'm talking about the, yeah yeah the more this the one recent where it's just like all right here's a like a post and it's like i made this much this, this year it's it's like it's just for me it's just kind of vague like what yeah. is that even yes <laughs> like, I, uh -huh. I don't know but yeah it, it it's uh it's a journey, man. And there's some clients that value photography and they understand like when they, when they spend money and hire good people and they value that. And then there's some, a lot of clients now that are just like, yeah, this is good enough. We'll pay you what, like you said, like a thousand bucks or whatever it may be. It's just, there's, there's different types of clients out there. Totally. Have you had some yeah. good, I mean, what's your, what's your year look like or what's 2023? How did, how'd it go? Oh, it was a good year. I stayed busy. Like I was working with this agency around here and we did some cool campaigns for like, like, um, like a bank out here and then like some hospital stuff, which were like good jobs for the year. And then this my normal kind of editorial stuff I've been doing forever and been working with like some more nonprofit stuff. So like, yeah, it was a good year. Um, hopefully 2024 is good. I don't know what to expect, but, uh, that's, a, that's every year. It's yeah. like, I, hope, I had a good year last year, but like, hopefully this year's good, but so far it's been good. And I had some jobs in January and, um, got some stuff next week. So should be good. Hopefully. Yeah. It's beautiful, dude. Yeah. You're still, I mean, like you said, we're doing it. The fact that like <laughs> the fact that you're still doing it, you know, is I've yeah. watched a lot of people like a lot, you know, mm -hmm. come into this industry and even like do okay and then yep. move on. They just couldn't, they, they either grind. didn't, they either didn't want to, or they just couldn't put up with that constant, not knowing yeah. where the money was going to come from. Cause that shit yeah, never goes away. I can't know? imagine doing it like, cause I'm just me. Like I don't have kids or anything. So for me, it's easy. Cause I don't have a ton of, uh, bills and shit. Just my, this the stuff I need, but yeah, I can, I can't imagine doing it with the family. So like hats off to you, dude, that's like yeah. next, another level of pressure. Well, thanks. But you know, it just, I mean, I think it feeds the fire, you know, like it definitely, yeah. that is sometimes where there have been times on this podcast where I feel like, am I making this too much about like the, you know, how successful you've been financially, but like we live in a capitalist society, you know, like money, the people that act like money's not important, like either 
they either come yep. from it or yeah. You know, they don't, don't get me wrong. I love the not. art of photography. I love the art of photography. It's like half the reason I got to start this thing. Same with you. Got to talk to all these photographers who've inspired me for so years and hear about their craft. But it's also like, yeah, like being able to make this your career. You, you have to treat it like a profession and your career. And like I always, that's what I always respect about Arch Driver and the thing that he talks about repeatedly is like, yeah, treat it like a profession be a professional, be organized, Yeah, have your accounting stuff organized, how you market and all that stuff. And it's like, if you don't treat it like a business. It's not going to be a business, you know? Yeah. I completely agree. But, and then on the same side, as far as what you said, yeah. the art of photography part, Yeah, you know, I know you've had multiple conversations with Dan Winters. Um, I think he's a beautiful example of like, you know, like he gets the work done, but he also just like, just kind of lets his art, take care like oh, he, yeah. he walks over it, he goes over into a studio and it's just like i'm gonna work on something today whether it's photography or miniatures or design or you know like he has so many outlets but i think it is the process of he is looking to create something you know like and he has many avenues to create from and mm -hmm. it becomes both this like you know i guess almost spiritual practice form of like the art of it that also has fed him well because he, all these different facets have slowly, but surely like uh, become revenue streams for him as well. Yeah. I think it's like two things. Like, yes, you have to stay true to yourself as an artist. And that's what sets people apart. Like who are, who are great photographers. It's like, they, they respect the craft. They have a unique perspective and they, they, they stay true to themselves, but then they also like Dan's like, Dan is an artist through and through. Yeah. But he's also, he's also smart. Like he runs a good business. Like he, he obviously has like a, a team around him that help him. But like at the end of the day, he's, he's in charge of that team and he's the one who puts people in place and it's all operates. It's like two things. It's like artist brain and both to keep it at the same time. Like, cause like I've talked about before early in my career, I was like, it's like, Oh, like, cause you're hungry. Like you're just trying to make money just to survive. And you're like, if I shoot this then I'll get these jobs. And then you realize like, I don't even give a shit about that. <laughs> totally. So it's like, yeah. I, yes. I try to think like, do the work that I like that's true to me and put it out there, but then also take my business seriously and like marketing and all that stuff. Yeah. I love but, it. I dude, You do a great job with it. I mean, you've, you know, I, I watch you shoot a lot of personal stuff, you know, and, and that, that fits with a lot of your editor, especially your editorial work. Mm -hmm. Um, you know, with the podcast as well, the fact that you've, you've taken time out a lot of times to, to go to these places and have these experiences in person, you know, be able to interview someone, but also hang out with them and kind of see them, see them in their element is super cool, man. And it's, um, I think those are all inspiring aspects to like, if you can make time or, or you have the amount of funds it takes to be able to do those things. I, I think they can pay back, you know, I, that's probably not how you should look at it. Like I'm doing this so it can lead to this. Yeah, like, yeah, you yeah. should just do it. Like yeah. you said, cause you love it. But if you like really love it, like I think that's what you're saying is then you also have taken steps to like work towards what that looks like. Cause like for you, where are you at in this point in your career? Like, are you still excited about photography? You still got like kind of goals for yourself? Like, I guess oh, yeah. just for the, yeah, yeah, of course. Yeah. I still love it. I still love it. And you know, I go, I have moments, you know, where like, I think I, I'm a curious enough person that I, I get involved with a lot of things, you know? And so like outside of photography, I, I have a lot of hobbies. I just in this past year, part of the stuff that was making me busy is I, I said yes to like some, 
personal projects outside of photography that I'm excited about and that are cool opportunities for me. And that was cool. But I don't think anything uh, like feeds me as much as just like, you know, weird little creative spaces and stuff, including just like being a fan of it. You know, like I'm just such yeah. a fan of of visual art, you know, I mean, like I really am. I like I really I enjoy looking into other people's work and I enjoy creating my own, you know, and that, I mean, that's that continues to be. I don't think that'll ever go away. Yeah, it was good. Like even when we were setting this interview up, you're like, you're like, oh yeah, I think it was like uh, let's we reschedule. You're like the powder is just pumping right now or something. <laughs> and like I really respect that, man. Like you, it, it's because like when you're doing this, you can feel like I need to be this working nonstop. Just and especially with all the talking heads on social media, it's like, yeah, you got to wake up at three a.m. You got to uh-huh. do this shit. <laughs> Where it's like I really love that when people have like hobbies and stuff outside of their career, like. For for snowboarding for you, is it like a good escape for you from work and this kind of like a reset kind of? Yeah, man, it's just I don't know. I love doing it still, you know. Like even though I've begun to like summers a lot more than winter out here in the mountains, but I still like a big, you know. When I rescheduled with you, it was just day after day of these huge powder days, and I just could (laughs) I couldn't stop snowboarding. I like totally blew off a bunch of work. Yeah. Um, and I do, like I said, I mean, that's what I'm saying. I do a lot of, you know, I fly fish and I bow hunt and I got a family that I like. I I truly enjoy, I enjoy my kids' companies. I enjoy my wife's company. And so, you know, I think trying to find that balancing act of like still being able to do all that stuff, but also make time for photography and make time for my career. That is the juggling act. But that is like something I keep bringing up on my show is like a curiosity on how, especially like veterans, how their definition of success has kind of evolved over their career. And the only reason I keep asking it is I've found that mine has less and less to do with um, recognition in the industry and even money, the money continue, the money pays for all the other stuff. So like it has to, it's still pretty important, but you know, less so. Like I had, I think early on I had some goals that it was like, I want to make a lot of money and I would like, you know, some respect, I guess, as a photographer. And that has become way less important to me than I get to make a living at this and yet still have enough time that I can blow some shit off and be like, I don't know, the snow's good. I'm going to snowboard the next three days, you know, and that yeah, yeah. that is that has really started representing success to me. Well, first off, Rick, I respect you, man. I respect you, your work, <laughs> everything you do for photography. Thanks, man. Uh, it means a lot. But there's a, there's from getting to talk to so many people and like just being in the industry for so long, there's photographers who like win all the awards, like communication arts and all these things, which are cool or whatever. There's photographers I know who have, and I've assisted for who have never won any of that shit. And they run more successful businesses yeah. than some of these people that have the quote unquote awards. Yeah. So it's like, yeah, all you have to take that shit with like a grain of salt, you know? Sure. Yeah. yeah. You know how it is. I think, I think it's I hard. get it though. I get it. Yeah. I want to yeah. win all that shit too. <laughs> yeah. Well, it's just the validation, you know, like I yeah, think yeah. But as creatives, it's hard not to seek. Mm-hmm. It feels good. I mean, it feels good to everybody for someone to be like, damn dude, you're really good at this, you know? And you're like, oh, yeah, oh dude. thanks man. Still, I just, <laughs> I just entered the CA contest uh, yesterday. I'm, tra- I'm on one of those silver trophies. Yeah. Man. Hell yeah. 
<laughs> do you do you enter any of the photo contests ever? It, I mean, sometimes I have I have a few awards, so you know yeah. I can I can not lie and list myself as an award winning photographer. <laughs> <laughs> everyone's award, everyone's award winning, and everyone li- and everyone lives in four different cities at once. Yeah, that's right. Yeah, list <laughs> list all the major cities as uh, somehow being studios based out of. Paris, New York, LA. Uh, but yeah, I still enter some. It's been a little bit though. I feel like it's been a couple of years since I've entered one. But uh, yeah, I, mean, I only I only enter two. I enter C eight and the American Photo one every year. Yeah, there's a so couple. Like the, there's some big architecture ones out there. For you, any like things you're hoping to shoot, like professionally wise, like anything, I guess even architectural or non architectural. Is there any like projects you? hoping to work on yeah i both you know i mean architecture you know like i've done it for so long but i still like i love it i really do i mean like i'm a fan of architecture and design and so there are plenty of designers and architects that i would be excited and honored to work with and like i really enjoy that space you know like when it comes time to actually just do the shoot and you're just kind of following light around the way it interplays with beautifully designed space. That's cool. Mm-hmm. At the same time, like I had a couple personal projects that I said yes to this year where, like I said, I've, I've bow hunted for years and, and I got hooked up with a professional hunter and I went and shot a bunch of hunting stuff. I didn't share it with anybody. I don't, that, that we talked about that last time. You were Post on. that like, shit, Rick. Post that shit. <laughs> uh, but it was cool. Like I really enjoyed it, you know, like it was really different than what I'm used to. To do it. Like I used to shoot, I mean, I came up as shooting action sports and snowboarding and, but it's been many years since I've been really like uncomfortable with my camera, you know, like I'm usually staying at a, a four seasons or something. <laughs> <laughs> you bougie, Rick. You bougie. <laughs> That's right. uh, so it was cool. Like, uh, you know, just being out there in the wilderness with this guy and, um, and taking photo, I was doing video too. And so, yeah, I'm just trying to decide, like, once again, we talked about that. It, I, as I was listening, I didn't listen to our whole conversation back, but I was just yeah. trying to remember what we talked about. So I was listening to some of it back. Mm-hmm. And during that conversation, I'm saying to you, like, like I need to, like, share more of these personal projects yeah. and stuff. And you're like, yeah, fucking put it on, like, Instagram stories. And I'm hearing it back, like, yesterday. And I'm like, I fucking still haven't done that, dude. dude. Dude, the posts that do the best, they're like the dumbest shit that I post. Like I'll post like random shit on my story. Like it does better than like a photo I worked on for like a month or some shit. Yeah. It's funny. That shit's a whole whole game in itself and social media stuff. But I don't know. I just like seeing what people are working on. That sounds cool. I think. I don't know. That sounds, you get, did you get some photos you're like happy with? Oh yeah. Yeah. And video footage. Yeah. It was cool. And then, um, Yeah. yeah, just stuff like that, you know, like shooting outside and then, um, I kind of brought it up on the podcast before, but like I, I co-led this meditation and plant medicine retreat, <laughs> which was, okay. it was just wild. I just, it, it was like, uh, I got invited to do it and in, you in know, Colorado or yeah, super like lots of imposter syndrome on like, why would I be doing this? You know? And then, it went so you great. had to like lead, you had to like lead the class in meditation. I, well, it was like this retreat, you know, and like uh, I was co-leading with this other guy, and it was a men's retreat, you know, and um, yeah, so I was doing like guided meditations and. Um, what, what kind of okay so i hear more and more about meditation there's like these meditation apps and uh um like rick rubin that guy who's on yeah the, he's always talking about meditation uh like what kind of meditation do you do i mean well so 
you know, my story has through psychedelics at a really early age, I got turned on to people like Ram Dass and stuff and started mm-hmm. meditating at a, a pretty young age, like high the freshman year in high school. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's always kind of been this part of my life. I've left it many times, but it's always been like this kind of practice that I know I can come back to. And so I have gone, you know, I've been on so many like Buddhist retreats and, you know, sat at the feet of a bunch of spiritual teachers and stuff trying to like, I don't know, see what works for me and and figure things out. So a lot of things I choose to practice, but as far as like leading it, it was very basic mindfulness, focusing on the breath and, and really just Mostly, I think trying to give like realistic expectations of of what this should look like. I think a lot of people like go into the meditation space thinking it's going to be like some blissful practice, and it's just not. Like it can be, you can work towards that, but like if you really sit and try to empty your mind and just focus on your breath, and when a thought arises, you let it go and go back to your breath. That practice is going to be a fucking shit show for a long, you know, like, cause it's just going to be thought, thought, thought as you release it. And most people, they do it and they're like, well, that didn't work. And you're like, yeah, it's like going to the gym for the first time. It's a practice. So you got to go all the, you got to show up all the time. And anyway, so what, like for what, so do you do it every day or not? Yeah. Or how, I try every to. Day? Yeah. For, mm-hmm. for how, like when you, how long do you normally do it for? I mean, I, once again, I've been doing it for a long time. So my, yeah. you know, I can, sit for a long time. But I mean, I, what I try to encourage people to do like whatever works like five, 10 five, minutes. five minutes. Yeah. yeah. That's what my friend said. She, Cause she's like, she'll do like a half hour, but she's like, yeah, this started like five. Yes. And like, cause like when you're meditating or I guess it's probably different because I don't know much about it. It's interesting. Mm-hmm. Like you're just sitting there. Are you actually trying not to think about anything? Or are you, or is there like one? Or, Cause like, don't some people have like a mantra or yep. something that they're kind of, yeah. yeah. What is it like, like positively thinking, talking to yourself kind of, or what? No, the mantra would be more of trying to clear out the other noise, you know? So just by focusing on a very simple phrase, mm-hmm. um, it, it's the same concept as focusing on the breath, you know? Like if you're really just trying to focus on your inhale and your exhale. And your inhale. And that is, you're trying to put all of your attention on that. And of course, your to-do list and weird thoughts from childhood or whatever, like the weirdest shit starts arising. What I have noticed and what I try to tell people is the more time you spend, like I've always, and I, I didn't make up this term or anything, but I've always referred to it as the witness. You know, like you have moments in your life and I think you have them. It's why I love a lot of things like snowboarding and rock climbing and these things that like riding motorcycles, they force you into a hyper present moment where everything else, the noise kind of clears out. Right. Mm -hmm. And a lot of times you kind of accidentally tap into this witness. Like we've all had those moments where you might be spinning out on like some narrative. Right. And all of a sudden, you know, this kind of voice is like, what the fuck am I doing? And -hmm. like, what is that? You know, like what is that witness that notices the kind of monkey mind stuff. And I, this is a very long winded way of saying, I think the more time you can spend trying to tap into that witness and, and try to notice your thought come in and let it go. Notice the next one come in. Cause it'll probably be endless thoughts as you try to do this practice. The more time you spend in that space, the more you start attaching more into that kind of witness mentality. And I have found, and look, I am guilty just like anyone else of sometimes getting caught up in anxiety or anger or whatever the thoughts that arise. 
but because of years of practice, I catch it pretty quick and I see it almost as an outsider of like, oh, here comes anxious Rick or here comes angry yeah, that's Rick, gonna, you know? That's what I was going to ask. You, you feel like it's made you a more patient person? This 100%. Yeah. Yeah. Not like re- like reacting. Like, uh, so it's interesting. Like, so I was, I went to this like cafe last week and I was just like, I ordered my food and then I went to go sit in this booth and the booth was like, it was empty. There was nothing there. Mm-hmm. There's no, no one sitting there, no sweatshirt, no nothing, nothing on the table. So I just sat down. And I guess the, there was another guy who went to pick up his food and the dude like fucking tweaked on me, dude. And I was just, like in a second. I was yeah. like, yo, dude, like, yeah, I was like, I, I didn't know anyone was sitting here, man. Like I'll move. Like it was, but it was just like that, like dude, this like tweak. Yeah. Know? I mean, it happens to all of us. Like sometimes I definitely had like a situation where I'm like, I overreacted right there. I was just like, but it seems like meditation might be a cool kind of tool to kind of check yourself. Oh, for sure. And just for me, like what I'm really, and to be very clear, like I don't consider myself some fucking expert on this. No, no, no. Like, <laughs> however, my biggest thing I think is just, you know, trying to really get people in touch with being in the present moment. The thing that I see the most, and when we were talking about like all the negative aspects of uh, technology and the phones and social media and everything, is this inability to just be here, be now. You know, just oh, to yeah, be dude, in the present myself, like, man. Yeah, yeah. Everyone's so fucking distracted. Like they can't, they can, I said that to, so it might've been Kristan. I can't remember, but you like, you're hard pressed to stand in a line for a coffee or something without everyone there just like immediately picking up their phone and looking at it. Cause they, they need constant distraction instead of just being able to be in line and Bro, present, people can't, you know, like people can't even go to the movie theater now without checking their phone. Like you'll be in a movie theater and people yeah. still break out their phone. Like, what do you like? What? Like, what are you looking at? Like, yes, what, uh-huh. you, paid, you paid $20 <laughs> to watch this movie. And you got to check your freaking Instagram right now. Like, what yeah. the fuck? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It's crazy. So, I mean, that yeah. is, even when I talk to people, I think, you know, you, you talk to enough people, so you're getting good at like being a, a present conversationalist, but I don't have to tell you, like, that's not a normal trait. You know, like I have, I've so many conversations with people just on the day to day where you think, why am I even talking right now? Like you, you've already checked out, you know, like you asked me a question yeah. and then yep. I can tell you're not listening to the answer. Like, why did you even ask the question? You know? And so, yeah, that's, that's just the worst. Um, do you still, I was interested in talking to you this because like I, inter, interviewing, like we've done hundreds of these things. Like, do you still find there's interviews that you struggle with? Like sometimes, because it, it happens to me sometimes where it's like, it can be a little stiff. And I don't know if that's just like my fault. Maybe the guest is nervous or like how I'm asking the questions. When you do an interview, like obviously everyone's different. Like, do you still have, uh, do you have to approach it differently? Has the approach to interviewing people changed over the years, you think? Sure. I mean, I hope I've gotten better at it, you know, like, but yes, I still, there are still times where it's like pulling teeth, you know, where you just think like, how, oh, why can't I, you know, yeah. cause I feel like I'm decent at being able to connect with people and connect with their energy, whatever you want to say. What I do though, cause we were talking about the the editing process and you're like, oh no, man, I just release them. Yeah. There's a lot of like, cause I'm a blabbermouth, you know, like I, I don't, I like, I don't mind talking. I'll <laughs> fucking fill up a conversation easily. Yeah. Uh, and, and I know that. And, um, I think in the early days, you know, I tried not to let it hurt my feelings or something. Sometimes people would like early on, people would be like, bro, like let the guest talk. 
Yeah, <laughs> you know? that's why they're there. Uh-huh. And so I got way better at getting out of the way. However, sometimes the I'm cutting out a lot of myself trying to get them to talk. Because that was usually all the blabbering is just me trying to like – poke some button that finally gets them to be like, Oh, and then you're like, Oh, finally, there it is. That's what I was looking for. And so what I started doing is just like, I edit that whole chunk out. So it just makes it sound like they just started talking, you know? Well, will you, uh, cause I'm sure you get it sometimes where people ask for the questions in advance. Oh, like, yeah, will I you don't s- do that. Will- yeah. <laughs> I used to be like a hard no. Like uh-huh. I was like, Oh, I want to be organic. Sometimes I will now because yeah. I, you can sense like when people are a little nervous and like has maybe yes. haven't done a lot of interviews and I've kind of changed my mindset a little bit because I'm like okay if I sense like you're like a little nervous I'm like okay I'll send you some like bullet points even knowing that the conversation might not go this point but it kind of I think it might give some people a little more like okay I can have a sense of what to expect and I've done that a few a little more than I used to I think no, that you're, that's good. You're right. Yeah. And I have yeah. done that. You, that's true. Like I've given, I've said, look, it's a pretty organic conversation. We're probably going to go through your bio, but like, here's some stuff. And even, you know, like I've got a few questions, they change and they vary, but I've got a few questions yep. I usually throw out at the end on inspiration or advice or so sometimes I'll give those in advance uh, because it, it, it'll help them give a, a more well thought out answer, I guess. Mm-hmm. But I don't know. I, I prefer it to obviously. I'm sure you do too. Like I prefer I it too. to all I think I really, naturally. Yeah, I kind of. Yeah, I was like, I, I was the same way. Like I think, and for the most part, I am. Like I don't, I don't do it that often. Like only done a handful of times. But like if I can sense the person, like oh, okay, maybe this will make them relax a little bit more. I'll do it. But and it, it always goes off script. It's not like there's a script. It's just like uh, the, the conversation is going to go the way it's going to go, anyways. But I yeah, know. it's all. It's it's interesting. It's a whole. It's a skill, man. Like when I look at people that are like good at interviewing people, I'm like, damn, man. Like, like Larry King, that too is the he was great at it. Like <laughs> sometimes, although sometimes he would ask these questions, yeah, and, and I'd yeah. be like, he's not listening right now. You know, he just had this question. <laughs> he got older. He got older. So <laughs> yeah. back, but but of course, yeah, he's one of the the OGs. Are there any podcasts you listen to? Oh my God, so many, you know, like what, like what are some of your favorites? Uh, lately, um, big shout out to Rick Rubin because I'm a huge fan of his. I think people were like a little bummed because when I had Blayback on uh, mm-hmm. the last time, I posted. I always do the follow up post where I show some of their work, and the first shot I put was that portrait of Rick. Rubin. Oh, they thought Rick Rubin was on the phone, and everybody was like, "Holy shit, <laughs> it could happen! It could happen!" <laughs> oh, I reached out to him. Yeah, uh, I think he's a hard guy to get a hold of. Um, yeah. Anyway, love that dude. Highly recommend his book. But he has a po- podcast, uh, a new podcast. He's had another one that he was doing with Malcolm Gladwell, but he started a new one over the last, I don't know, year or so called Tetragrammaton. And uh, highly recommend it. R- really good. I like the way he's kind of going about his interviews. They just kind of start mid-conversation. There's no intro. It just like you just uh, – it's like you walked into a room of people already talking and they didn't stop talking. And so it just kind of starts in the middle of a conversation and it kind of ends without any kind of uh, finalization, I guess, you know. And um, But they're great conversations on – with just yeah, a, looking at yeah, Bill all kinds Jackson, of guests. Phil Jackson. Yeah, the Phil Jackson one's great. Yeah, he's, you know, and Rick's such a good, you know, that that's a good example of, I think, someone who's a very mindful conversationalist, you know. Yeah. 
he has no problem. I, I will, I definitely am not good at this. Like I try to be better. He has no problem at like the awkward silence. Right. Yeah. Just like now look, I, I cut a lot of those out in my podcast. And so once again, I edit these. And so I make Oh it, wow. Yeah. I never, I yeah. didn't let it, see. I make it. Sound I would never, like I would never have known. I would yeah. never know that. You oh yeah. I make it yeah. sound like everybody's just so quick to answer, but a lot of times it's, we're not. Um, Man, that's, that's hard work. Cause you got to sit down and like re-listen to the yeah, episode. After. Yeah, dude, that's so much time. Yo, hats off to you, dude. That's a I long did, time. Like I said, I was up late last night. Cause I was like, man, I have those moments, but lately I've been like, I've, I'm going to stay on top of this every Thursday. It's coming out, you know? And I had that moment last night where it was getting late where I was like, dude, maybe I just release it on Friday. And then I was like, ah, okay, come on, fucking focus here. <laughs> and it feels so narcissistic to listen to yourself, you know, you're like, here I am listening to my own show. You know? <laughs> yeah. I anyway. Know. So Rick Rubin's podcast, I love, uh, I listen to Huberman's not always, but uh, his, I listen to Rogan. Yeah. I listen to Mark Marin sometimes, although he's gotten so salty over the years, he kind of, but I, he is, a, I think he's a great interviewer. He's just, uh, such a fucking curmudgeon you still have sometimes. To pay, you still have to pay for his, like Mark Maron's were like, they're behind a paywall for a while. Only the, or like, no, only the old older, ones. Yeah. yeah. Older ones. Yeah. Yeah. But I love when he yeah. has, uh, musicians on, I, I think he's really good at interviewing music. I mean, he's a good interviewer, but because of his like real love and passion of music and that he mm -hmm. plays, he, he's really good with musicians. So usually if I see a musician on his show, I'm like, Oh yeah, hell yeah. But uh, Rick's lately have I've really the the one I really enjoyed and it's three and a half hours even was his interview with Edward Norton. It's good. oh wow yeah it's good it like like you were saying when Ethan Hawke did my show Edward is just like he's a real artist you know and, and he, oh yeah he's a, he seems like an intense dude yeah he totally <laughs> yeah <laughs> but, but, but then like cool too you know like he brings yeah. up like. He's obviously like good friends with the Chili Peppers, with Flea specifically, and um, you know really just praises them and talks about Radiohead and all this stuff. And yeah, I was like, oh, cool. I really enjoyed it. So, and it was crazy hearing him. I don't spoiler alert, but you know, listen to it anyway. But him talking about Fight Club and like kind of the behind the scenes of it and uh, how much people hated it at first at some of the film festivals they toured. And yeah, it was really it was. Yeah cool interview so how about uh, yeah, you I'll you, check that out. you listen to podcasts oh yeah uh, i'm trying to think i always i end up watching like the sports one part of my take it's like a it's like they talk about sports and it's kind of like comedy they kind of like fuck around um i see that do rich rolls podcast on youtube a lot he's had some cool interviews yeah he's cool he's a good interviewer for sure there's so many there's like uh and now this is some baseball podcasts like there's a red Sox one i listen to yeah you big Sox fan yeah, we suck, but whatever. <laughs> our, our team don't spend money no more. <laughs> yeah, you still been shooting uh, like many baseball projects, you know? I know that was a, a big uh, every yeah every summer the Cape Cod baseball league. I'll be yeah. doing it until I die. Uh, it, it, I love it. So only only five months away. <laughs> yeah, that's so cool though. Like what you know? Yeah. What does that look like as far as kind of working it into your schedule? You know, do you just go to like do you have press credentials that they've got? They they've obviously probably it's, got. Uh, it's like low key. The whole league is just volunteers and yeah. it's free to go to. They play on like high school fields. There's 10 teams on Cape Cod, uh -huh. which is like a summer kind of like vacation spot for people to travel to. It's right on the, there's the beach there and shit. So it's all like the top college players come there. And then uh, I've just been photographing the same team for like 
been going on like 14 years so i know everyone in the organization so it's like yeah you just kind of show up it's just all friends everyone's just happy to be there yeah and uh i like it it's just being fun of it's fun being part of like a team because it's like you get to know all the players and yeah it's like getting to shoot photos and just being around the game and stuff so and it's the fun thing to make work last year I, brought, I started shooting my house a lot more which i think i'm gonna try to do again this summer which was fun just shooting like black and white Hasselblad. And, yeah. Uh, it's funny getting these kids. All these kids are like 20, 21 tops. They're like, what is that? <laughs> like, they, 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 the one kid didn't understand. He, he couldn't uh, comprehend like what film was. Yeah. <laughs> was, yeah. To even explaining like what. Yeah. Like, I don't, still don't get it. So can you show me the picture on the back? Yeah. yeah that's he's, he's like, I'm like, not going to go with develop. He's like, what is that? <laughs> you're like, oh, wow. I've got to break this whole thing down. And you're like, I don't, I don't know if I can actually explain what film is. Let me, let me call a scientist real quick and explain how light interacts with chemicals always look forward to that but hopefully get some other stuff going yeah it seems like a cool i don't know man like that you know just like the passion of like we just want to play baseball you know it's just access like anywhere you where you can get like good access and for my mind it's like yeah sure everyone wants to shoot michael jordan and steph curry and all the best basketball players or pro athletes which is like that'd be great but like Honestly, if you can just get access, you can get better pictures, you know? Like, that's yeah. why I love shooting that type of stuff. And uh, I don't know. This is fun. Has it led to other sports stuff that, like, yeah, where definitely. people have definitely referenced the yeah. Cape Cod stuff? Yeah, I did uh, uh, shoot for ESPN back in September. I got to photograph Paige Becker. She's a like star uh, college basketball player for UConn. Yeah, I saw so that. I sh- I sh- yeah, so that was kind of just from shooting sports, and all. I think that definitely for years of shooting that project probably definitely helped, I think. Yeah, yeah, those turned out great. Yeah, I was just curious if you had, like, art directors, anybody, like, reference those baseball yeah. pictures in, in particular? Yeah, I don't know. yeah, well, yeah, other than that, like, I had it in Victory Journal. They published it and stuff. They did a whole thing a few years back, and Bloomberg Business Week, they hired me a couple years back to shoot a baseball project down down in New York on Long Island, and that was strictly the, because they knew, like, oh, you're you're into baseball, you yeah. became, you're like, you're the baseball guy, like, you know? Yeah, that's cool. Yeah, I mean, that's, I feel like, once again, I'm not saying that's why you do it, but it's always cool when you, mm-hmm. when you're working at something that you just love and are passionate about and you're having fun with, and then someone sees it and goes, hey, we like that thing yeah. you did just for fun. You want to do it for money? Yeah, it's the best of both worlds. Like the coolest assignment I got uh, like a year and a half ago, I got the photograph Joe Castiglione, who's like the longtime voice of the Boston Red Sox. Yeah. Like like the play-by-play guy on the radio. And uh got to spend an entire game with him up in the booth and like shot portraits of him, like had dinner with him. It was nuts because I grew up listening to this dude on the radio. Yeah. He'd been there for like over 40 years. It was like one of those like – shit i would have paid to do this like it was it was sick do you think like if you thought about your your kind of like dream projects that you'd want to do what do you think it would be in that world or for sure like i love sports that's always fun but really anything like i got to photograph some like cool scientists at mit last year which is always fun Uh um just kind of getting to see what people do because like the stuff they're doing with like technology and stuff is nuts like i can't really comprehend it but really this honestly the coolest thing about being portrait photographer is kind of getting a peek into what other people do totally like it's even yesterday i photographed this guy who's like a business dude in his office for like a half hour and he, he ran like a real estate company and it was just like he's like the ceo of the company they own like 500 like 
massive warehouses across the world obviously like making a ton of money on this like i'm just like chopping it up with this dude for a half hour yeah. like when i was when, when i was when i talked to this dude like never like our lives are so different like um but it was cool to talk to him about business and like where they're expanding to and shit and it's kind of i don't know get to learn about people yeah how cool was he chatting it up with you about what you do? Nah, not really. Yeah. <laughs> uh, nah, he was cool. Like, yeah. I was just asking him questions. I was just like, dude, it was like traveling all over the place. And he was just explaining to me, like, what they do and, like, how long they've been doing it. And um, I always just have like, a million questions about, like, what people do. Oh, yeah, me too. Yeah, the only reason I ask that is I've had, you know, because of what I shoot, I'm around some extremely wealthy people sometimes because – they're the ones with the coolest houses <laughs> you know but like you're like you're like whoa man like you there's like real money out there oh, dude. Like, you know that billionaire money it's crazy it's it's really hard <laughs> to wrap your head around however there have been times where i'm you know kind of asking and they they get distracted about just wanting to talk about being like Camera, you being a photographer yeah yeah, and they yeah. think it's so cool. And you're like, I mean, you can do it. You know, you can afford to do anything you want. Like, yeah. Uh, but it's always nice where you're like, oh, yeah, I guess it is. It is pretty mm -hmm. cool. You know, what we get to do. Yeah. What about uh, the Patreon thing? How's that going? I've thought about doing that. I'm curious. On yeah, I was kind of, I was talking to my friend about it. And uh, I did one like years ago, but I literally like had it up for like two days because I was just like, oh, this feels like shitty or whatever. But then I was just like, I don't know. Like, the more podcasts and like content has been around like patreon's become more like normal like yeah. i kind of used to feel kind of like ah, is this kind of like a shit head thing to do but i'm like no like i'm spending so much time as you know it's it takes time to like find the guests book the guests do the interview yeah. edit the thing i still put it up for free like it used to it just if you join the patreon you get it two days early and then i'm gonna start uploading some other like random content on the on the page um, to offer to people so it's like if you want to join you can you don't i've had like i don't know i think there's like six people that join so it's not a ton of money yet but yeah i'm like I'm like i don't know if i'm gonna spend all this time doing this might as well it's not like i'm gonna make a ton of money but like anything to keep the lights on you know <laughs> oh dude i dig it yeah i mean i've like yeah. i said i've kind of toyed with that idea too is like what could i do over there like make exclusive content or something do early episodes although sometimes i'm like barely getting them out in time anyways <laughs> that might yeah but you just yeah. upload it and then yeah i don't yeah. know I, i'm not i don't have like a day i just kind of upload whenever i have it yeah uh, but but you're probably smarter to just do it because people know to like it comes on Thursdays. Uh, yeah. Well, um, I've changed that day so many times though. But lately, <laughs> Thursday, Thursday's working pretty good. It gives me like most yeah. of the week to procrastinate and then finally get it done in time, you know? But I saw you started doing the clips uh for like Instagram and stuff and cutting them out and yeah. got like the words on it and stuff, which is cool. I haven't done it in a while though, because it's a whole nother chore, you know. Like I, I know, it done... it's a lot of work. <laughs> Man, it really is. No, I'm like I'm on OnlyFans, I'm doing that. <laughs> <laughs> hey, no shame, man. Get that back. <laughs> uh -huh. <laughs> no, I don't know. I'm genuinely curious because, like you said, I think it's never been, obviously, I think for either one of us, it's never been about trying to make money. Obviously, we, we I know we've both gone back and forth with having advertisers and not have, you know, like we've both done that thing. And it's just a lot, to, you know, on top of trying to hustle a an actual photography business, yeah. you, know, you barely have time to just get the podcast done, get it out and book another guest. And so to do all the other stuff, it, it becomes very time consuming. And that's where I think like, okay, do I do 
you know, a Patreon? Do I do something where it starts being able to like maybe fund itself enough to, I don't know what it looks like, you know, to have someone else edit it, I guess. Whatever. <laughs> you know, I'm, pay- yeah. I'm paying my cell phone bill on my Patreon this yeah. month. So Hell yeah, like, there you, know, you go, dude. I'll take that. <laughs> uh, but yeah, I don't know. It's, uh, I've just been trying to think about the business differently. Like I talked to my friend Stefan Vanasco a lot, who's a great photographer. Um, and he has a different approach to photography because like for, for you and me, like we kind of work with clients and get hired by agencies or direct to a client or whatever. But there's so many other ways to monetize your photography, be it like my friend Stefan does a really great job of like selling prints and he like uh, teaches workshops and like all these. He doesn't really do client work too much like here and there, but he's kind of built his own business. I got this other friend down in Florida, this kid, David Lawrence, who's just like younger photographer but like hustling and he he's really smart like he does client work but he partners with like all these local businesses like it could be like a coffee shop or like some other business and he'll do like these like uh portrait setups where he advertises like hey i'm doing this pop-up portrait shoot on saturday um come by get your portrait for like 200 bucks or whatever it is and he's just hustling it that way and i'm yeah. just like for so long i'm like oh i gotta market my work this way and this is the clients i'm gonna work for but i'm just like like we were talking about technology and stuff. I think the game has just changed so much. There's just, it's, it's not going to be easy. Like Patreon, you're not just going to make money unless you have something to offer to people. So yep. if you treat, if you treat it like something and build it, like you can make money from it. But I don't know. I've just been trying to just think about things differently and be open more to different opportunities. Oh, totally. Yeah. Me too, man. I totally agree. And, and then move towards them. You know, I think I've always been open to them and then, it's just like, it's the timing, you know, like I said, even with which I'm going to try to get back in the habit, but for a little bit, you know, like in this, I don't know mm-hmm. how many episodes I've rele- released in quote unquote season five, but let's You're say going, what, not nine years, eight years, nine years. I don't know. That's crazy. Cause it doesn't feel like that. I, you know, like every once yeah. in a while I'm like, I don't know. I started it like five years ago or something like, wait, it's wait se- a minute. No. Seven, seven, seven for me. Yeah. It's crazy. Yeah. Um, but, you know, like I was doing, you know, I would edit the podcast, drop it. And then when I was doing the edit, I would make notes like this would be a good two, three minute clip for YouTube. Yeah. And I'd upload the video from Zoom as that clip. And then I would do the, you know, which there's apps for that now, obviously, or like yep. software. And mm-hmm. I would do the the reels thing with the text over it by uploading then the, the YouTube yep. videos. But dude, that's like a three day. I mean, it was yeah, like three lot, days of editing of, basically, you know? Yeah. I don't want to do all that. It's too much on the time. So for me, it's just like, I just do the interviews, post them up on Patreon two days early. And then that's kind of what I do. I don't even do the clips or anything, which I probably should. I used to upload on YouTube more, but I haven't really been doing that. I don't know. It's only, so many hours in the day. It's totally well, and I don't. I don't know that that many. I mean, to be honest, like I, the YouTube's, it's not really getting views, you know. So like, I don't think that many people want to watch a a Zoom interview, you know. Like I don't, you know. Like it's different. Yeah. It's different if you know, like a Rogan show or something. They're in the same studio, and so you kind of get yeah. like you can. I don't even watch yeah. that, you know. Like, but like every once in a while, I'll watch some of that just because I want to see what the person looks like, or you know. Um, but that's it, you know, for me, I don't know. Podcasting for me has always been an audio thing, you know? And so, yeah, I don't know. Just don't shut up against the wall and see if it sticks. (laughs) So much shit, dude. (laughs) 
<laughs> Someone shit against the wall. Well, buddy, it's always fun catching up with you, man. Like I said, I like what you're doing, and you know, and um, I don't Likewise. know, man. I, I try to uh, lift other people's work up too, and I mean that's obviously what our shows are all about. But um, mm-hmm. you know, it's cool cross promoting each other's shows, and so it's always yeah, fun. Yeah, man. Catching I up. appreciate the invite and everything you're doing for photography, man. I definitely appreciate it. Yeah, right back at you, dude. Let's keep doing it. Let's uh, let's make next this time, a habit. You next know? Time, next time I'll make the I'll make the trek out to Colorado, man. We gotta meet in person, do a record one in person or something. That'd be yeah, cool. do that for sure. Go snowboarding. Yeah, <laughs> yeah I, I haven't snowboarded since I was in high school. I fucking break my. We'll make it I'd happen. T- <laughs> or come out here in the summertime. I'll take you out on the river. Oh right, yeah, you know, yeah, like, we'll do that. Hell yeah, dude. All right, buddy. All right. Well, good catching All up, right. man. So there you have it. That was my conversation with Rick Stovall, um, the host of the Vigil Revolutionary Podcast. Um, can't thank Rick enough for taking the time, um, inviting me back on his show. Um, it was great talking to him, catching up. Um, definitely go check out Rick's show, The Vigil Revolutionary. Um, I'll put the link in the description and uh, his Instagram and whatnot. But I always appreciate Rick and everything he's doing. Um, so I hope you guys enjoyed it. And thanks so much.